This podcast was recorded on June 18th, 2020. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and people outside the binary. This is Less Stupid with Thomas Huda, a show that's completely uncut, uncensored, and unfazed by people who are going to be a little bit skeptical of me bringing somebody on the show who hosts a podcast called Conservatish with Peter Feliciano. Uh, how dare you step outside of the acceptable parameters of political opinion, especially as a musician and someone from Sam- from the Bay Area. I uh, know, right? You horrible man. Mm-hmm. And one who's, Puerto- you doing? one who's half Puerto Rican as well. Exactly, exactly. I was thinking, I was thinking I've got another guy, uh, uh, Poe. <clears throat> Have you heard of Poe, the rapper? No. All right. Well, he's formerly known as Poe, but anyway. Uh, I'm not sure if he's rapping very much these days, but um, uh, he's also uh, uh, he's also half. I think he's half Latin, just like I am. And I was thinking of having debates like this. We could call him Battle of the Havesies. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, well, I I enjoyed myself. Um, yeah. But yeah, thank you very much for having me on the show. You've been on my show twice. I have. Um, I have had a couple of uh, uh, of uh, dare I say bleeding heart liberals from uh, Oregon. Uh, yeah. our, our friend Benjo. Benjo, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so when Benjo was on your show, he basically said that, you know, you play up this racial identity of like, oh, yeah, I'm half Puerto Rican, so I can say anything, uh, and you can't call me a racist or whatever. But, but he said something I disagree with, which he was like, motherfucker, you're white. Look at you. And that's just, <laughs> it's... <laughs> it's an interesting, you know, matter of perception. I think you and I, we both are kind of racially ambiguous, you yeah. know? I yeah. mean, it's I've I've had people who have genuinely looked at me and felt like that's definitely an Asian that I'm looking at. And then I've mm-hmm. had people who look at me and say that is definitely a white person and I can't see any how dare they even say, you know, they're in this person of color world. Um, right. So in New York, I have had finally because I moved to New York eight months ago in New York, I finally had people go, oh, you're Puerto Rican because in the mm-hmm. Bay, there are no Puerto Ricans. I think me and my family were the only <laughs> fucking people who were Puerto Ricans. So right. they were just like confused. Like if I had this stash, they'd be like, oh, he's Mexican homes or something like that. Right. <laughs> but if finally yeah. in New York, I've run across people who are like almond eyes. OK, yeah, he's he's Puerto Rican. So there you go. Um, so that's good. Right on. But yeah, right on. But as far as as far as I will say to that thing. Unless there's mm-hmm. more plugs you have to do before we get into it. No. Okay. I was thinking as far as that thing, because I have, I, I don't, Benjo specifically has a problem wrapping his head around this idea. And because he's not here to defend, defend himself or explain himself further, uh, I'll cares? go ahead and expound. Um, <laughs> start your own fucking show. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, uh, I love the guy. He's a nice boy. Anyway. Um, Makes good beats, uh, too. He's, huh? Makes good beats, too. Great beats. Yeah, yeah, really talented dude. Um, and one of the things he's he's pressed me on is like, well, you're using identity politics uh, uh, just like the other side is. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm using identity politics to show how fucking stupid identity politics is. I'm using identity politics to poke a hole in the idea. As an example, uh, a few days or <clears throat> maybe a week ago now, I posted a, a, a quote from Trayvon Martin's mom, how she does not agree with defunding the police. Um, and before I wrote, before I posted it, I had this big, long hip, you know, just big, long, sarcastic, you're all cunts. You know, I was going to just, you know, push it down people's throat. You're hypocrites. You're bad. But I, I breathed and I meditated, tried some self care, ate something, Mm -hmm. smoked a cigarette, chilled out. And then I deleted all that stuff I wrote for my Facebook audience and just posted it by itself. And, um, 
someone else brought that up to me. Someone was like, well, you know, uh, 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 you know, aren't you, aren't you co-opting a, a black person's voice by saying this? I'm like, no, over and over, especially, um, it really ramped up after, after George Floyd died. Um, there was a lot of people saying white people don't get to have an opinion about X, Y, Z, or these people, you know, here comes the white opinion. There was a lot of, especially white people saying that type of stuff. And so, um, being as someone who's a Habsy, <laughs> I was mm-hmm. like, well, you know, again, again, I, d- I think we should first do our best because we're, all of us are guilty of this, of that, but like, we should do our best to take a, the idea as itself outside of the opinion or the person, the identity of the person ex- expressing the, the idea. The mm. reason why it bothered me is because there were a lot of valid people or, or valid opinions coming forth, a lot of valid uh, definitions of the problems we're facing, the solutions we're facing, the mm. options that we have, the, the diagnosis, and yet people were completely throwing all of those opinions and ideas out, especially uh, mostly because of uh, the race of the person expressing the idea. And so I'm holding up a mirror by saying, hey, look, here's a bunch of black people who super disagree with you. Now, now that that's aside, now, well, they're just internalized hatred of themselves. Shut up. Now can we, now that that's aside, hmm. can we just look at the idea? Can we take the idea for its merit itself? Can we be adults, you know? Hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, and that's why I use identity politics to show like, hey, this should not be, binary like you're saying this should not be 100 percent. if you know i mean there's four thomas there's 41 million black people in this country okay okay that's 41 million different life experiences 41 million different perceptions brought about by those life experiences 41 million different emotions elicited by those perceptions and 41 million different reactions you're gonna say there's one black experience shut the hell up you know what i mean yeah, like that's i don't think that's anyone's saying stuff. that there's one black experience and you asked you asked me if there were any plugs i wanted to do i forgot to mention to people who are only listening on the audio this is over a zoom call and one of the things that can make that extra challenging is because you and I are going to disagree vehemently on a lot of things, <laughs> and it's hard to step in and cut a person off, especially when it's a Zoom call. Um, no, so I'm, we're going to deal I'm with listening. that as much as possible. Yeah, true. But then sometimes <laughs> I start talking, and then I don't miss what you're saying in a way that would be yeah. even more pronounced uh, or less right. pronounced in person. Um, but it is nice that we don't have to wear masks because those muffle audio uh, as well. Right? And uh, right. so I've you been have doing been recording some shows. in person, though. Yeah, distanced and super sanitized, etc. Um, so, but okay, you know. So so I hear what you're saying, but I think that gosh, we're moving forward as a society. I would love to get to a place where we can acknowledge all of those um, different experiences and realities uh, uh, within <coughs> any racial group or any identity group. Um, but it feels to me like we haven't we haven't significantly. Um, altered the issues that are affecting let's say most black people or or african americans who tend to f- tend to believe a certain a certain thing um and one of the things i guess if i can try to agree with you even though i hate a lot of what you said <laughs> is that you know i love you so <clears throat> absolutely um so identity politics in the way that you know people you I was going to say people like you, uh, like we'll weaponize mean, that phrase. We'll weaponize that phrase is, is it's often, it's just like people, 
people speaking from from the perspective of groups that haven't had any kind of power to speak from that from their perspective before. Um, but what I will agree with is that sometimes, uh, and you talk about this a lot in your show, is uh, fucking Don Lemons of the world and the media who are there's there's too much of an incentive for people to to say you know that this is like the the asian opinion this is the black opinion this is the white opinion and to inflame those kinds of tensions because of this is kind of happening simultaneously at the time that these news organizations are profiting a lot off of just making you mad enough to click a link um Mm -hmm. and so that is something where and that's probably a little bit the kind of identity politics that lost hillary clinton the election uh, of like um of basically putting so cent- centering so much of her campaign being around uh, those kinds of things that you're talking about uh and honestly not having a very strong policy message uh you and we, i mean she her she kind of relied on the fact that people have known what her policy positions have been but they've also morphed so much where the mm-hmm. average layperson who pays attention less than me and less than some than you would probably be able to say yeah i can name two or three things that trump definitely wants to do as president i can name two or three things that bernie sanders definitely wants to do as president hillary clinton just wants to be the president so right yeah um i agree i agree and i can and i can understand that motive to the first thing you're saying the idea that we're finally giving a voice to people who don't have who haven't had a voice Mm -hmm. yes in some circumstances but our last president was a havesy like you and i okay oh you're really gonna go there yeah, really our last president was a was a black guy. So so I'm just saying there's 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 nuance, there's complication to that, right? So as an example, uh, another complication to that idea is the fact that uh, black people have had the ear for what what's cool and what's musically like important for probably 30 years, especially the last especially shit. the last 20. Okay, even if they did, <laughs> I'm not I'm not taking the I'm not saying that they didn't. I'm saying. Mm-hmm. There, I'm saying these issues are complicated. Like as an example, one of the issues that gets bantied around or one of those phrases is privilege, right? Women have privilege too. Ask any Ooh. woman, ask any woman. I'll, I'll, I'll explain what I'm saying. I'll explain okay. what I'm saying. Because we all have privilege and we all have problems and we all have wins and losses. This is what I'm saying. Humans are complicated. Here's an example of female privilege. They can have sex absolutely anytime they'd like. <laughs> I saw a meme the other day. A woman, I'm not, again, I'm not saying, I'm not putting privilege, that privilege in one hand and getting raped in the other and saying one is worse or better. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying in reality, in everyday life, you know, I saw a meme the other day that said a woman could walk into a bar with $4 uh, and be sober and then walk out drunk, you know, with 20 extra dollars in her, in her pocket. Like, like, this is what I'm saying. We all have a lived experience with the idea that there are there are there are wins and losses right that's my that's my view of things i could be wrong but that's what i'm saying that's an example of why i say okay maybe in some certain certain lights like you're saying that that uh, uh certain marginalized groups have been marginalized hmm. uh, yeah but not all of them you know what I mean? I mean, uh, uh, Thomas Sowell is a, yeah, but is a I great would flip example. that Larry back Elder. on you and say that the kind of privilege you're talking about is kind of specific to young women 
um, you know, women between age of like 20 and 35 in urban areas. I would, I would say <laughs> that, that, um, you know, we we talk in the social justice world well, about like what white feminism and wh- what I would agree with you is that like there are like the um, Amy Coopers of the world who called the cops on that um, black gentleman who was birding in the Central Park and sure. uh, she she was trying to use a form of privilege that comes from her identity as an upper class white woman um, that she believed the cops would just come and fucking take this guy right. Um, I- but I don't mean I don't to cut know. you off, but I I don't I don't want to get lost too much in the weeds of that tangent. I was I was more because I'm happy to discuss it with you. I just was only bringing up that idea to show that there are from 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 my view. I, I, maybe I shouldn't have brought it up that way, but I was just trying to say that that the idea of what is marginalized, right, and what's our definition mm-hmm. of of certain things of that our definitions are complicated. It's not one way or another. It's not, do you understand what I mean by that? That's the only reason I brought up that privilege example as an example to, uh, 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 to support my idea that I agree with you in some ways that, that these groups have been marginalized or, or whatever, but that also those groups have had, uh, uh, other benefits, other, other, we, well, we all have wins and losses. Do you understand what I'm saying? As an example to say that, to say that Dave Chappelle, has more power than, you know, uh, some white guy walking down the street or, or, or less power is not, that's not a thing, right? There's, it's impossible. Like, sure. <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, but when you individually point out Barack Obama and Dave Chappelle, these are some of the singular most exceptional people in that entire group of people. So mm-hmm. it, it, it becomes a little bit tricky for me to be like, okay, I'll accept that as an argument and now not stand for the entire rest of the people. Where I would say right, is but I'm that... Not, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying that mm-hmm. to say that that doesn't stand for the entire people. I'm saying... Mm-hmm. I'm saying it's good for us to be careful about the, not careful, but for us to be aware of the words we use, right? Right. Here's a word. To take, yeah. To take an of courseness idea, uh, uh, or to add a large slab of of courseness to the idea that black people have all been marginalized or all not had a voice or all have whatever is not a true thing. That's what I'm saying. Because there are levels, there's levels to this shit. There's complicated, there's, you know what I'm saying? I bet there's places in this country Dave Chappelle could not go and and uh, be looked at in a friendly way by the police, you know, even though he's Dave Chappelle. Um, but okay, let me ask you about a word. Have you how how often have you heard the word intersectionality? Uh, a bunch. Okay, go on to OK so, Cupid more than five seconds. <laughs> right. Okay. I bet they're probably there on the dating profiles. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I get what you're saying, and actually, where I would where I would come at this is that, you know, uh, I saw this tweet I really liked, and it was like, Ivy League activists be like, I grew up homeless, my parents owned the house, you know, and people there are right. people who are like, um, they try really hard in some cases, and I'm talking, you know, last time on I was on your show, we had a, a difficult emotional conversation about my experience at Carleton College. And right. uh, I talk, I explained a little more about um, just the culture there that I experienced and that uh, a lot of people who came from a low income background experienced. Uh, and um, right. there, there really is like people who want to be able to say, hey, look at me, I'm going to hold up this one identity um, and say that I, you know, am oppressed because of it. Um, right. But 
where the the dialogue is then important i think is to look at the intersections of let's say like having uh no class privilege um having no privilege based on your gender let's say like you are a trans person a trans uh man uh and you know being a black person or or having all of these things and i know it's kind of sounding like i'm checking off all these boxes but at the, the end of the day a person with um those identities um and let's say they have a disability and i know this is like a it sounds like i'm making a totally hypothetical person but there's millions of people who have all these things that i just said right that person has no chance of becoming president of the u.s has basically no chance of being the a governor of their state you know we've never even had a black woman governor for example in this country um so i mean it there really are ways in which like uh, a person who is let's say an upper class white straight cisgendered male is probably should should have some fucking humility and be like you know some of the things in my life uh people have listened to me or people have taken me seriously uh or not arrested me because of those things okay okay so yes I agree. I agree in the, in certain ways. So here's mm-hmm. where I think the disconnect is the main one, and then we can talk more about the idea. But I think the main disconnect is the check that is trying to be cashed on the basis of that idea, right? The solutions that are trying to be uh, applied on the basis of that diagnosis, if, if that diagnosis were, were true, right? Because even though See, you would be termed. Yeah, the policy as an solutions are often controversial. Not just controversial. The more it's the culture, the culture uh, solutions are really are pretty terrifying. De- depending on, on on people using that flag. Do you understand what I'm saying? On people mm-hmm. using that diagnosis. Of these people don't get to talk. Their solution is to that diagnosis. Their solution is their medicine is shut white people up. Yeah, kind of. But I mean, the reality is that um, so much of the time, it's literally just someone tweeted at you and said, shut up. And it doesn't actually mean that you don't get to talk. Um, A private company like Twitter or Facebook is allowed to say that you've delved into hate speech if you've delved into hate speech. We have a very robust First Amendment. And I'm one of the things you too. you know, you used the word cunt earlier on the show. I didn't really Mm. like that. It's the first time anyone's used that on the show, on my (laughs) show. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. No, no, you're not happy. And I'm not happy. Um, Yay. (laughs) You goofball. Um, But but (sighs) my point is that. Yeah, you're allowed to say that, and there's no absolutely. you know Gestapo that's okay. going to come in. Absolutely, you know? not from the government. You're absolutely mm-hmm. right. There was a comedian mm-hmm. who uh, posted uh, 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 a fake uh, video of her. Oh, what was it? God damn it, I'm going to mess up. It was a, a, a white lady comedian um, making a joke, making some sort of Asian joke. Okay, and then she was bombarded on Instagram by these little raids of people these networks of people who are like get her and they just are bombarding all of her comments with you're 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 a c-word um you're a horrible person you should kill yourself you're goodbye to your career all kinds of dms blah 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 let's be real at least as far as this let's not get off into the weeds because it's easy for us because you Mm -hmm. and i are both passionate and both smart Let's not get mm. off into the weeds about all that. Let's talk about this specifically as far as the diagnosis versus the solution. That's not okay. 
it's probably not okay in that some of those like kill yourself comments are not okay mm. but uh i mean if if you got 200 people to all say you should have reconsidered that racist thought and now we don't want you to have a career i don't see a problem with that i mean that person could may I, that's the problem with people in large groups though right like we've talked a bit about cancel culture and i don't like it on some level and people have tried to cancel you and people have tried to cancel me at various points in in our lives um but the reality is that if you know um you did something that's really bad well then there's going to be some account some accountability to face if you didn't do anything sure. bad, stand in your truth and you'll be okay so that person could make new social media accounts I, and I just be connected with their close homies you know yeah but i don't right but this person is a is not is not um See, the thing is, is that everyone has a different definition of what offends them and what they're okay with. True. Right? So to an Instagram, as an example, or let's just say she was in a job. Uh, let's just say SNL. Let's take that thing we were talking about or, uh, um, with uh, what's his face getting a job at SNL. And then yeah, getting, I don't remember. But he made uh, the Asian joke, right? Yeah, he made Asian jokes. I mean, he said all kinds of... I mean, that's the thing about funny people is that if you're going for the joke, you're going for the joke, right? That's mm-hmm. just my personal opinion. I'm going for the joke. It, it doesn't... I make fun of white people, make fun of Puerto Ricans. I don't give a shit, you know, right? Um, I don't know why I canceled out my word shit there. I said shit instead, like as if <laughs> as if I didn't say the C word five minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, but um, uh, everyone has a different definition. So you're, if you're saying that that it was just one lady... And the consequences that she faced was was some some a bunch of people who let's just say in a magical world they only were respectful, right? And they only went and said, "I disagree with your decision to do this. Please th- rethink your decision." Even though they're being condescending, okay, and they're being childish. Sure, let's just say that. But SNL didn't let a guy get a job because of the pressure from that, okay? Because of the pressure from that, even though. Outside of Twitter, outside of a couple of loud, childish people on social media, no one has been mad about this guy. And this guy has been able to keep, quote unquote, keep his career, right? Even though a great job that would that would propel him in incredible ways was taken away from him. Not because Lorne Michaels actually disagrees with that type of humor. And I can I can back that up. He's still friends mm-hmm. with Tina Fey, even though she's done blackface on Thirty Rock twice. Twice he's still doing another project with her. Another Fallon, episode of Thirty Fallon Rock. Fallon did the even blackface. Though, Chris Rock. Did you see that? Tada! So let's be real. Lorne Michaels, the company SNL, okay, Broadway Video, does not actually care. They are caving because they are afraid. Okay. So even though yes, they do have a choice. They're they're a private company, right? But this throng of, honestly, Asians who can't take a joke are going Oof. online trying to get somebody trying to get somebody fired. And let's be real. Let's be real. Did I did Pete Feliciano just say that Asians can't take a joke? No, I said this throng of people, just like all the Karens who were like, "Don't say the word Karen." It's a, no, no. Those are people. Who, those are white ladies who can't take a joke. Everybody is capable of not taking a joke and and being being childish, right? A few so, responses, please. Uh, one. You know, you kind of said, you know, this job was taken away from him. And sure, that's somewhat true. But the I think that the, the reality is also that he made jokes that were so bad, bad a bad that a joke that landed so poorly and had so little humorous value in it. I, I heard the joke that 
It was his fault, man. I mean, it, he should have been ha- somewhat aware to be able to know that that you know that was something like that was going to happen if you've got a job at SNL in one of the most liberal cities in the world. Uh, the, my second response is that um, you know what? It's we're going to have to work around these rough edges a bit. But for Asian Americans to have a say in who has a role within a mainstream, like a really popular primetime TV show. That's a fucking win for us, baby. We haven't had that in ever, you know. Asian Asians one of the last one of the last burdens that you know the hills we need to climb. It's certainly not getting uh, chemistry PhDs, but it is uh, getting some serious representation That's an Asian in, joke, by the, in way. the media. Yes, it is. But uh-huh. posi- positionality, <laughs> positionality, my friend. Where I am is, I, you know, fuck yeah, I'll joke about Asians. Um, but okay, um, but, okay yeah. Well, yeah, and so, you know, I, I get what you're saying a little bit, of, especially with the different standards applied to, some, applied to someone like Faye or Fallon, um, but that person has got to know that, you know, they're trying to cut their teeth in the game, and they're not a household name yet, you know? Ah, that's, right, that's but household nameness doesn't... The first thing it was what I would say is I don't think household nameness uh, uh, saves you from that, right? But Dave Chappelle so like, makes trans jokes and is still celebrated. Right. The the reason why he gets that is not necessarily and that I mean, I guess that kind of might go to my point earlier that I was saying that Dave Chappelle can get away with a lot and has more privilege. Um, but mine was that he's kind of an exception because he's so famous. But right. Anyway. But I think also part of it is because he's black. Lauren Michaels, a little bit. who would probably get a lot of pressure if Dave Chappelle was white would probably get a lot of pressure and would have to cave. The reason why Dave, Lauren Michaels, or let's just say the, 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 the showrunners of Netflix, the reason why they're not caving is because, well, I mean, he's not, he's not a white guy, really, or a white lady, you know what I mean? So he can, he, he can get away with more. This right? is and an I interesting think, point to go at because there is, it's not like what you're saying has no truth to it, um, right. but... I wouldn't say it's specifically because when Dave Chappelle, like Dave Chappelle has dark skin or when he signs an employment application, he checks black. I would say it's because Dave Chappelle has done so much work speaking to an experience that resonates with black people in the country. Um, And so that that to me, when you watch those jokes that he's making about the trans community uh, and about uh, the L's and the G's and the B's and the T's. Um, and you know, people who don't know, I speak from the perspective of, of a non-binary person and a, a longtime bisexual person for whatever that's worth for the, for their analysis of what I'm saying. Um, you know, it's, it is what you talk about on your show a lot is was white guilt. So people, um, don't I hate it. like to, I know that you do. Um, <laughs> I really know that you do. Um, and I, I think that, that w- if we're talking about it in certain contexts, I get frustrated by it, too, by that, mm. that concept. Um, but, man, it is going to be really interesting uh, to see because, because especially in the college campus spaces, um, there are a lot of people who want to make it seem as though and promote the idea that like all marginalized people all have each other's backs and we're all fighting against oppression together. And, you know, you're totally shaking your head because... Um, 
you know, much of the time, like, you know, for the example I always point out is Asian people. Uh, my mom is super racist against black people and she mm -hmm. totally thinks it's okay to have those racist views because she thinks of herself as being, having experienced race. Well, of course she's experienced racism. I've seen it firsthand. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, dude, the reality of the world is much more, much more strange than that. I don't right. know where I can, where I can really say why Dave Chappelle gets to make those jokes. Um, but, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, oh, just... so, okay. So, so let's, cause I, I, I took a couple of notes cause I love, I love conversations like this. Cause I know you're, I mean, whatever. See, again, I'm already ready to get off on a tangent. Um, as far as the thing you were saying to the idea that, to the idea that, so if we can agree that Lorne Michaels doesn't actually really uh, care and not, not that he doesn't care or have his own political views or have his own agenda or whatever, but that once, a, once the gears of a company start grinding, okay, and maybe grinding has a pejorative, but once the, once the gears are in motion, the company is now bigger than the idealism. You know, you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying Broadway video necessarily is bigger than, than Lorne Michaels because Lorne Michaels could, once he's done, Broadway video is not going to, I mean, Lorne Michaels has the clout more importantly than the money to say, to call up Netflix or whoever and say, hey, this guy's going to do a show now and everyone will just, okay, Lorne, right? So, mm -hmm. so if we can get behind the idea that the gears are grinding and that Lorne didn't make that decision uh, uh, to, there we go, Shane Gillis, to, to let go Shane Gillis, That's right? That's Is that the power that Asians want? I mean, most of the Asians that I know don't, like, they don't, they don't, like, is that the power that, is that the, let me rephrase that, is that the way you want it? <laughs> so, because there's a the, lot of powerful Asians. I mean, the head of Google right now is an Indian motherfucker, okay? Yeah. Like, there's a lot of powerful Asians who did it the way that fucking dum dums like Enron have done it, okay? So, the nature of the joke, if I remember correctly, because I actually kind of only heard about this from Andrew Yang's um, sort of response to it. And by the way, okay. and, Andrew Yang was basically saying the guy should keep his job. He, he and his wife Evelyn sat down and watched the whole thing and watched some of the guy's comedy. We're trying to see where the guy was coming from and felt like that guy shouldn't lose his job over it. Um, but my my, I think I remember the jokes were about Asians kind of being wimpy, right? Or mm. like that was kind of the, the joke is like Asians are kind of, I, I don't know, wimpy or uh, frail or something. And if you're asking if that's the power Asians want, yeah, we probably would. We probably really don't like that that stereotype. Uh, I would. I many of us really don't. Um, right. It took a long time to get Bruce Lee on TV, and he was like the only badass we had in like American TV for quite a while. Right. And I'm, but I'm not talking about the content. I'm not talking about the content. Yeah, but it, you are talking about a moment where it's responding to that guy being able to before for like literally since the beginning of American uh, media and t and culture, uh, people could make those jokes about Asians and not even have a funny punchline and people would accept it. And I think a lot of Asians would, would like to be able to say in those situations, yeah, fuck you. You can't just boss us around and say, and treat us like we're, you know, these frail uh, Orientals that, that, that uh, you can shit on. Right. But there's a difference between treating like them, like they're frail Orientals who you can shit on and making a joke. But the joke is like, 
comes from that though it comes from that's that's the thing okay so i am a big fan of comedy i lived in new york for a while i went to the cellar often and the village mm. underground and the fat black pussycat and i'd love to get on and talk about that maybe a little more and talk about new york because we've talked about this kind of thing for a little while um but it is so it is a that has actually put me at odds with my my staunch social justice people because um comedy brings joy into the world man and i agree with you that it is a really tenuous thing and it's actually fundamentally about discomfort you know people don't think mm-hmm. about it in that way very much but um, it's fundamentally you know, about watching. surprise yeah the, the comedian knows where they're going right and all yep. of a sudden they take a swift left turn and you're like oh my god they brought it wow there's a joy it's it's gut and your gut knows now but whether or not the, the end game turned out to be funny or not is very subjective, okay? And even if it wasn't, even if no one, what's the animus behind it? Do you think mm. that, do you really think that Shane Gillis, or let's just let's just take me as an example, my animus, animus behind it is to point out something, it, it is to be funny. My animus behind it is to like, I mean, I'm I, I, you've heard my show many times. Yes, I'll make mm-hmm. Asian jokes. Yes, I'll make black jokes. But I, I make jokes about white motherfuckers all the i make every everybody gets it everybody what trey gets it. and matt would say as the equal opportunity offender you know? yes and so and so since that's the case there has to be a quantifiable a quantifiable definition of that because the reality is and i've said it many times on my show when a bully gets their way they do not come back tomorrow and say hey thanks for the 25 cents they say give me 50 cents and the next day they say give me 75 cents and bullies come in all shapes and colors and sizes and and to give to to bend to to bend to the sway that's where the problem is that's part of the reason honestly i kind of believe that dave Chappelle gets away with more cuz he didn't go i'm so sorry trans people he went mm. what okay whatever i'm going to do this <laughs> i'm going to do here's mm. another special he went and kept moving by the way that's mm. why I think Asians have been so fucking successful in, in America, because they haven't been, while white, whites and blacks are like this, they've been like head down, working hard, doing the fucking, doing the, they didn't, they didn't, oh, please like me. They said, watch this. Oh, you're going to make us, oh, you're going to shit on us? Watch this, motherfucker. Keep talking shit. Mm. Keep talking mm. shit. Oh, all of a sudden we're at the head of your company. All of a sudden we're making way more money than you? <laughs> keep talking mm. shit. They went, keep talking shit instead of, hey, stop saying that. And now all mm. of a sudden- now they're starting to ramp up and say, hey, don't say that. But the reality mm. is, like you just said, your mom, who's an Asian person, yeah. has some real racist ideas, right? Yeah. So this is complicated. The, the, the Mexicans who were coming up, remember when we were all scared or, or welcoming the, uh, the caravan, whatever, you know, that whatever – those guys, you think, you think motherfuckers Well, mostly from they Han- weren't Mexicans. I'll, I, maybe I'm being a stickler, but I'm not because they're sure, mostly sure. from you think, countries but, below but Mexico. I- Right, but I know South. I know Mexican motherfuckers who, as they would put it, ain't down with that gay shit. I know you do. I know you've said that crosses, and so that's- crosses, and cowboy hats and guns, motherfucker. They are not quote unquote down with that gay shit. So to to think I'm gonna I'm gonna put myself as a white lady. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna and I'm gonna and uh, enclose myself around this poor poor person of color. And, and in order to help this person, I'm going to shut down the speech of another person is reprehensible, is reprehensible. And it is, in my personal opinion, a little fucking white supremacist. It's a little white supremacist. 
I didn't even follow that train that you were talking because I don't know. It's just <laughs> <laughs> I, for anyone who was looking for me to come get you about what you just said. I just kind of gave, gave up on you. I was like, what is you this? You can ramble? email me, by the way, um, boys and girls. You can email mm. me at conservativepodcast at gmail.com. Um, Wonderful. Can, can um, I bring hey, up? I wanted, but okay, what? one other thing, I ti- a tiny thing I want to respond about, then let's move away from comedy and maybe go somewhere else. But, um, you know, Jerry Seinfeld, who I don't even really like as a person that much, but who yeah. has like a pretty good show where he talks to co- comedians and uh, has a ton of respect for good reasons and ran a great show, right? He basically would right. say that the ultimate arbiter, and he didn't use this word, but I'm too fucking wordy with my shit, is the audience. And that's one mm-hmm. of the challenges with uh, a podcast or I think Shane Gillis had, he was doing like some little sketch, a little sketch thing uh, or a little video. It yeah, didn't it have like a live a audience, show. right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And that's where the challenge is that when Dave made Dave Chappelle makes those jokes in front of an audience, you can see immediately that it gets a good enough reaction where, you know, he'll he'll clap and he'll run to the back of the stage and he'll he'll kind of ham it up for a little bit and it's all good. Um, But so I I would agree that. And it does make a difference because, you know, you could be in a room full of fucking white supremacists, I guess. uh, And people, I'm sure, do do (laughs) like like they definitely do punk music and like country music at events like that. Um, But uh, so it's I can't just say that an audience like approving of something makes it automatically okay. But it does. That's one of the things that makes it especially challenging. Like another example would be. Do you remember when Don Imus was like this conservative commentator? Are you going to bring up Patrice and what Patrice said? No, but I'd like to hear because okay, I know I you just were a big fan this. of Patrice O'Neill. But Don Imus was was trying to make fun of these uh, Tennessee Lady Vols basketball team, powerhouse mm-hmm. basketball team, uh, and called uh, because they were a mostly black team. Said they had there's a bunch of nappy headed hoes, and it just like totally did not resonate and was not funny. And as of course, uh, well, maybe I wouldn't say of course, because you wouldn't see it as racist. I would see it as ab or I don't know what you think. It's, it was fucking fucking racist and bad. And he, he was held accountable for that. Um, but it, it's, it's, a, it's, you know, it is, does become more in the eye of the beholder, but wouldn't, w- isn't it a good thing I, that everybody has a different like view of what's racist or not? We wouldn't want everybody to all have the same view. Yeah, but I feel like that last sentence you said actually contradicts your goal by shutting down. I'm not saying it's necessarily your goal, but mm-hmm. the more, let's just say, let's be real, the more libertarian or liberal uh, idea of the solution mm-hmm. would be to shut down speech. Well, the thing I like about podcasts is that I'm trying to model because I've had conversations with conservatives. Check out my episode with Dylan Hudson or Mandy Chapel people i'm trying to model that i don't need to shut down your speech but i but i can respond to it and add more speech that builds a dialogue right right? but you would be shut down for having us on the show depending on depending on the well-meaning mostly white motherfuckers who who are on your side i would say no one's shut me down you know no you know it depends on what you say and what i respond how i respond to it probably you know Okay, but you but you actively brought me on this show, mm-hmm. so you're giving me a platform, even though I yep. said cunt and say the N-word on my show and all kinds of other things, right? Mm-hmm. So under the right circumstances, Why'd you, you have might to tell my audience that you've said that on occasion. <laughs> Because, because I you do want, have, because you do have I some want, black in you, right? In your, in your, yes, uh, I do. But, but that's exactly, but that's exactly what I'm saying. Um, when. But this is what I'm saying. I, I'm bringing that up specifically to say that 
letting the beast loose, giving the bully the 25 cents, saying, I'm so sorry, let me whip myself, is never, it's never satisfied. And I don't care. I do not care if the bully is doing it because of revenge. I do not care if it, now it's even Stevens. Well, you shut us down for a long time, so now you eat the dirt. That's, when you're a parent, you don't let your kid say, okay, fine, you go hit that kid back. That's not what you do, okay? Is it unfair? Is it unjust? Sure. And this is the main question that I wanted to talk to you about, because I think it kind of encompasses a lot of ideas. Where along the line? I want it person. I want it identified. I want it quantified. Where along the line does personal responsibility come in? Where along the line does personal responsibility come in? I'll explain what I mean. Heard a lot of people saying, well, you don't get to say, you know, how, uh, 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 um, you, you don't get to, people, especially whites, don't get to say when, essentially they're saying that black people who are, who are looting, and mostly it's white people who are writing, um, Thanks for um, acknowledging that. Yeah, yeah. I, I keep t- I keep fucking saying it. White liberals are the fucking problem. Tell me I'm fucking <laughs> wrong. Look at fucking Minneapolis, <laughs> goddamn A bunch of white liberals going, oh, good, throw a brick. I'm mad at you, dad. Suck a dick, motherfucker. God, grow up. Do some therapy. You know how free, th- free therapy is everywhere, dude. It's everywhere. It's on YouTube. You could learn how to meditate. You can learn how to... God, do something to better yourself. How are your relationships? Oh, I want to change the world. While you're while you're wasting your parents. Uh, so what's your point where, about personal responsibility? Where does personal responsibility come in? And, and mostly I'm bringing that up because essentially they're saying a lot of these people, I don't know, maybe not you, maybe whatever. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are saying essentially the argument of they had a bad childhood. But a lot of people have bad childhoods. So like with the whole idea of the defund the police, right? Hmm. A lot of the well-meaning, well-meaning, mostly Wait, who white who had a bad childhood? The, the people who are throwing bricks through storefronts? No, this is what I'm saying. So they've said, they've said part, of the way, part of the way that the people who were saying defund the police, why it would help, is mm-hmm. because we'll, we'll allocate that, those funds to community outreach and opportunity and social services, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I personally believe- And housing. Sure, and housing. I personally believe we absolutely need those things. And it would make a huge, I mean, we already have uh, almost, like we already have a lot of that, but could more of that benefit the community? <laughs> absolutely. But millions of people a day who are poor don't murder people. Right. Sure. To say millions of people a day who are poor don't grab and smash and loot and and riot. Right. So essentially they're saying, well, if we just go back in time and hug people more, (laughs) we'll have less crime. But I personally know murderers. I've done volunteer work in the prison since 2011. I know real ass motherfuckers and they've changed their life around and they're doing great. And some of them are getting out. And I'm so happy. So happy. But Good. all along the line, if you ask them, were you guilty? Okay, number one, they would say yes. This isn't Shawshank Redemption, okay? And number two, they didn't steal or kill or maim because they didn't have a job, okay? They didn't steal or kill or maim because they didn't have a jo- like opportunity or because they didn't have whatever. Because there's a lot of motherfuckers who have horrendous, horrendous backgrounds 
who are now at the top levels of echelons of, I'm not saying it's an everyday occurrence, but I'm, no, it isn't ever. What I'm saying is where along the line, why is one guy who grew up in the hood over here and one guy who grew up in the hood over here, where along the line from your personal idea, Mm -hmm. where does personal responsibility come into it? I can probably respond to that in a number of ways because the things that are considered criminal enough to get somebody a long jail sentence and have you work with them since 2011 uh, is a very broad uh, number of things. And if you want to talk just about murder... Um, Let's talk just about murder, yeah. Well, that's the problem with talking about defunding the police because defu- because so much of what the police end up, um, you know, getting people for is nonviolent drug charges, you know, distribution of drugs. Uh, so there's a that is a very very closely correlated situation to poverty because if you don't have enough jobs in this in this community and uh, you know you you let's say you face discrimination uh, in terms of getting some of the jobs that are out there and or they don't pay a living wage and you know, whatever these things are that are contributing to that situation you might you or you know let's say you brought up in a culture where from 14 15 16 you were hustling to make money with drugs culture makes sell a drugs. difference I'm, I'm down with the culture continue you're gonna sell drugs uh and uh you know, they're drug dealers of all races, by the way. I don't want someone to say, oh, I'm blaming culture of any particular group. I'm not. Um, so that's where uh, people who are saying defund the police, and I am one of them, frankly. Uh, I believe that okay. we should, because it's not radical to defund the police when we've been defunding education for decades. Uh, and that does contribute to some of these issues that the police are doing. I don't think that there are many people saying that somebody who wants to go murder someone should not be intervened in by somebody in a uh, by a tough motherfucker in a uniform who is armed. I don't think very many people are saying that, but when we talk about defunding the police, we have to break down the institution as it stands and, you know, Camden, New Jersey is kind of a kind of a good example but kind of a bad example of when some people notice that uh, this police department is so stricken with corruption that we can't let it operate as is and do these chip away reforms because it's fucking rotten from the system inside out and you know sure. i've had friends in minnesota uh who live in the twin cities after um living uh i was friends with them at carlton or whatever 45 miles south and they've been fighting for police abolition since before philando castile was murdered by a cop Right. So that's one of the things that is a little bit challenging. And I'll try to tie this back to personal responsibility because I get what you're saying. People are responsible for their actions. Um, but but people are only responsible for their actions if they're shown that they're responsible for their actions. Culture is the difference. Like you said, there's not Culture a lot of people on the left that are saying that people should not face any accountability for a murder. Uh, maybe. But no. But let me let me rephrase it a different way. Uh, fathers, that's a dad's job to say, Hey, stop that shit. Hey, this is what I did. I went, I get up, I get my fucking ass up at five o'clock in the morning, even though I'm not making enough that I think I should. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm, and I work my fucking ass off to give you a fucking place to live, to give you a place, right? Fathers, an example. That's where culture, that's the culture that I'm talking about. Okay. But if you're surrounded by people who are modeling horseshit, and irresponsibility for their actions and their behaviors and their motives and their perceptions and their emotions, then of course you would, you would mirror that. But I'm not saying that people who, I'm not saying that people who 
Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? I'm trying to clarify what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that yeah. uh, somewhere but, but along I do think the line, getting we have to mathematically, close. we have to mathematically put it, if we're, going, if we're going to come up with those solutions, we have to mathematically define the problem. We have to. Is it going to fit to every case? No. But we have to, just like I said, with the, with the, with the joke thing, mm-hmm. if Lorne Michaels is going to let Tina Fey, right, but not, but not Shane Gillis, why I want it on paper. So that if I'm going to go into a company or if I'm going to go into a, a, a career that I know on paper, it says right here, you're allowed to make Asian jokes, but not gay jokes. I want it on fucking paper so that you're it's not, get so it. that they're, okay, so then everyone, so then why doesn't everyone grow up? Why doesn't, why isn't that the thing? You've worked, there are a few you, different things, you personally, yeah. right, but you personally have worked at a, at a minimum wage job. Have you not? Yes. Okay. So have I. Okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't steal. I didn't kill anybody. <laughs> right? Okay. Why? Sure. Is it because stealing I'm better and killing people than are them? Just so different, man. So huh? different. Stealing and killing people are so different. That, okay. You know. <laughs> Let's stick to steal. Let's okay. stick to steal. But I know you um, said that you have stolen in the past when you were younger. Yeah, before I got sober. Yeah, before okay. I got uh, before I got uh, a job. I didn't get a job until mm-hmm. I was. I actually one of the things 18. I did want to ask you too. I don't want you to lose your thread, but sure. cheese in New York, dude. Like a little thing of cheese. Have you pop? I don't want to. I don't want you to out yourself. But are you gonna pay thirteen bucks for a little slab of cheddar, or are you gonna throw it in your pocket? I'm not. No. I, I, if I want to feel if I want to feel good about myself, yeah, I'm gonna have to buy it. Okay. No, it does make a difference. That's true. It yeah. makes a difference internally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. If I'm going into a Gristades or somewhere that has a lot of money, I know internally you can mentally say, "Well, this is not a mom and pop shop, so I can get." And they have they have tax breaks. I mean, that's why they have loss prevention. They're supposed to. But internally, mm-hmm. okay, there are certain immutable fucking laws that suck, and one mm-hmm. of them is you do bad shit, you feel bad. <laughs> I don't <laughs> like it. I would love to take from people and feel okay. But I think it affects all of us. But the reason why I've had that experience is because I did steal, okay? Mm. And the reason why I changed is because of the culture around me. The people around me who modeled for me, hey, this is going to make you have bad fucking consequences more internally than ever, more internal Mm. than external. So we don't do that shit, okay? So this is my experience. I worked as a dumb fucking uh, uh, dishwasher. Okay. Mm-hmm. Couldn't get to, that was my first job. I was 17 years old. I couldn't get to work on time to save my fucking life. And they let me go <laughs> after six months. I worked at Starbucks. Couldn't save, my, couldn't get to work on time, you know, uh, 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 to save my life. Lost that job. Okay. Right. But every single time, then I learned, oh, my friend is hiring at Sears or whatever. Am I willing to work for minimum wage as long as I sell my microwaves? Was I good? No. But did I eventually start making more money? Yes. Okay, so my experience is I sucked it up. Okay, and 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 no one. I mean, minimum wage jobs are not designed to be somewhere more than fucking six months. You're supposed to you're supposed to be so good at this shitty fucking task that you get a raise or get a promotion and eventually start moving up. Now, if that's not a prop, if that's not happening at McDonald's, guess what, motherfucker? There's a, it's happening at Burger King. If it's not happening at Burger King, it's happening at fucking. You know what I'm saying? Like there is I, opportunity, but if I the culture think, around you, if the culture around you, where is personal responsibility? If the culture around you is saying, "Hey, you deserve better. You deserve better than to motherfucker." You think? I mean, 
while you're waiting for IBM to call, <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. you do have to work for McDonald's. And that's what I was told. I remember being like, when I, I think it was between uh, losing the job at Starbucks and starting work at Sears, which I eventually, by the way, lost to being late. Um, uh, yeah. I think it was a between that, that I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to work for Sears. And my friend was like, you don't have a job right now. You don't have any mm-hmm. money coming in. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. where you want to work. Get a mm-hmm. fucking job and then deal with it later. Work for mm-hmm. I- or work for McDonald's while you're waiting for IBM to call. So mm-hmm. can't that same spiritual principle apply even though someone's black? Okay, here's what I want to do. I want to respond because yes, that's first of all, yes, it can, even if no matter what the racial identity of a person is. Um, but okay, a couple things. So you talk about people don't want to be shouted over and like silenced, right? And this is like a little brief anecdote, but I want you to let me talk for like a solid, like three or four minutes and I'll let you know when, uh, I guess it's your turn again. I hope I wasn't, I I don't think I was, uh, stepping over your words. Not really because I, but it's hard for me to jump in, but, but that's a, that's a difference in perception. When I was a CSA Senator at Carl Carlton in the student Senate, um, there was a lot of, um, controversy on campus around um, too many white men speak at the Senate meetings. Um, and it's actually a, 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 diff- a difficult thing to sort of unpack because mm. the people who were women and women of color and not, a, not of those privileged identities um, were not given less speaking time. They were, they were able to be on the speakers list and contribute, but they didn't do it as much. And that's probably because of how they felt in that circumstance and in that environment and because we were using Robert's rules or whatever. Uh, so I just think it's interesting and something to be aware of. I'm not putting the blame on you. I'm just saying that uh, I have a hard time jumping in. Um, and so it's interesting to think about. Uh, but that was an aside. Um, you know, what I, I actually think, think no, that minimum. <laughs> <laughs> I think that minimum wage is definitely. Um, I think a few things about it because it hasn't scaled to inflation at all. Um, and so it's gone, it's gone way down in terms of like, so it's like you and I are slightly different generations. We're both millennials, but you're on the older side and I'm on the younger side of, of millennial. Uh, and it's different uh, now than, than it was when people were, were uh, you know, even in the early 2000s, the, the, the amount we have to spend on it, the rent has certainly gone up and uh, all sorts of utilities have gone up. Um, so it's, it's, uh, but it's a thing where if I think if we instituted a too high of a federal minimum wage, like places like West Virginia and Wyoming would be totally fucked. Uh, so that's, that's something where I'll, I'll kind of, uh, agree with you that there's a place for having minimum wage jobs that are a pretty low wage so that people can, can uh, hopefully work up and through and out of it. Um, and I see you're taking notes, which is good. I took a few notes too. Uh, this is awesome. Um, and I will ultimately get to your point about, um, you know, can this black people also like look at this as with the personal responsibility. Um, but I can't say that without naming the fact that we, I think we got dangerously close to uh, the explicit argument and neither of us are okay. You have a, you have, you, you said you're 5% black, right? Something like that. Yeah. So we're like, basically yeah, four or five. Right. And so it's cringy to me for us to bring up a conversation about like, oh, the fathers in the black community are absent because that's that is one of the, you know, um, Ben Shapiro has actually uh, basically 
uh, brought that up on a few occasions, I think. And one occasion when he's talking about why, you know, society's in disarray and people aren't like contributing and like they're expecting so much from the government is because historically it was the church that, um, that's kind of set in those rules of order and, and socialized people together and made people want, feel like they're all working towards a common purpose. Uh, and so that's something we need to think about if we're trying to reimagine a society where everybody feels like they're a part of this America thing. Right. But I hate people bringing up like, this is a problem that the black community just needs to take care of uh, because that ign- that makes it cr- that creates this bullshit narrative that they're not doing that work. And I think that um, that people in that community are some of the most fervent advocates for their own community and for trying to have that kind of social cohesion and have those things that families you know want to be able to have. Uh, and um, so. Yeah, that's 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 where I want to say and, and and to ignore that because people are always bring up oh black on black crime you know why why you know why are you so focused on this white officer who shoots this person and it's like people are working really hard to try to create programs to reduce gang violence and to uh, you know things like that but also that that's a fraught point because people uh in communities uh there's a ton of white on white crime and there's a ton of latinx on latinx crime and um people people kill each uh based on their proximity to each other um so ultimately and i'll then i'll finally let you go and i appreciate that you, that you were receptive to my point um is that when you when you make when you frame this argument as it's all about personal responsibility it's not that simple because some communities have, have live in concentrated poverty that's been enforced by city state and federal government for decades and so if you have let's say 500 beans and a jar that that fits 300 beans it's not a personal responsibility issue of course we want those 300 jobs this is the kind of analogy i'm doing to be able to grow and have more you know more job opportunities for more people but some communities have just had a bigger advantage for for generations and so uh, combating that is really difficult so of course the 200 that cannot fit into those 300 spots are going to have to do something and maybe you would say they try to get an online job or something like that. But ultimately, it's just um, that you run up against an upper limit. I'm not making excuses for people to go do immoral behavior, um, but uh, that's, that's the limitation of the personal responsibility argument. And I think I said what I wanted to say. Okay. Okay. Um I feel like you yelled at me and no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. So a couple of things. Um, I'll just start with the last thing you said, cause you said, um, I, I, I don't, I'm not saying it's all about personal responsibility. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I personally have gotten an incredible amount of help. Okay. Mostly spiritually mostly spiritually, by people who, you know, may not have wanted to help this, you know, weird little half Puerto Rican bald kid, okay, (laughs) but did, and helped me, you know, when I would ask them, well, how do I don't, I'm frustrated about this, or I don't know how to get a job, and they would like, okay, here, here's how to do a pro and cons list, here's how to meditate about this and that, here's how to, so mostly mentally, emotionally, okay, which affects everything else, right? Yeah. So I've been helped by culture, but that culture has surrounded me and helped me to stand on my own two feet. 
right? And part of it was to stand on my own two feet before I was emotionally ready or before yeah. I defined it, before I defined it, defined myself as emotionally ready. Um, the other thing is, even though you're not saying that it's an excuse or a blanket blank check, right? There are people who are, and those people are not, you know what I mean? Like those people are not the, the, the people on the right, you know, Mm -hmm. it's mostly people on the left, right. Who are, who would say things like, I mean, jobs and, or what what would they say? You know, they're just, they're messing with, you know, uh, um, looting is only affecting, um, you know, uh, you know, businesses, you know, uh, it's just money. What's more replaceable is, or you can't replace lives. You can replace money. Number, number one, what I say to that is that it's not a binary choice. (laughs) You can be super sad and fucking angry that George died and also not want the 17, as far as what I can tell so far, the 17 people who have died because as the result of looting and, and riots over the last two, three weeks, you can mm-hmm. want them both to not have died. You can want people to keep jobs as well as George to not be died, to, to, for cops to do better, right? Are you okay with me jumping um, in a little bit? Or please, should yeah, I go roll ahead, out go the, um, Yeah, man. So, so a lot of those businesses are insured, and so that, that's, that shit's not going to hurt the business owners as much. I wish that a riot could be more discerning of those things. I wish that they wouldn't go after um, black and you know POC, BIPOC-owned businesses. Um, but uh, that's one of the things that's difficult. And then also, uh, we sit on this, you know, I was born in 93, and so uh, there's always been a certain amount of dignity that gay people and uh at least gay people, not LGBTQ plus people across the board have experienced in my direct surroundings in Eugene. That shit came from riots, man. That shit came from Marsha P. Johnson throwing the first brick through the Stonewall uh, at Stonewall in New York City. And so that's so it's it's disheartening uh, when I see so many people being like, man, OK, I hear you talking specifically about the 70 people who died. So I don't, I don't want to lump you in too much, but. The idea that a riot doesn't accomplish anything, especially if you're going to hold up Martin Luther King Jr. as so many people do to say that, you know, he was opposed to to that kind of shit. It's just not true. It's ahistorical. We've sanitized his legacy through education uh, and through media. And so, um, yeah, I, I just really think that uprising, uprisings do accomplish a lot more than some people like to say they do. OK, but what about the 17 people who have died? I don't know much about those people, and that's probably a problem with the media because I haven't been informed about those people. Okay. One of them, or a number of them were people of color. One of them was a retired, I think it was Chicago? I don't know. Um, uh, uh, One of them was a retired, a um, uh, 70-year-old black police captain. Mm. His friend's store was being looted, and he he tried to defend it and was shot in after a scuffle by another mm-hmm. black man. Okay. So again, we're talking about medicine and diagnosis. If the diagnosis was actually accurate, I might agree, with the, agree with, with the medicine. medicine being right. But the medicine is, uh, especially if 17 people have died because of it. Um, yeah. So anyway, and but I can the talk uprisings, more but the uprisings, uh, have led to the Minneapolis City Council pretty much unanimously saying they're going to disband the police, which is going to have 
tons of positive impact on hundreds of people probably not getting locked up and having their lives thrown away uh, more than those 17 people if that really happens. So where I think a riot often comes in is, okay, okay. there are some issues. But are you saying, are you saying mm-hmm. that you have to break a few eggs? Uh, I, don't, I don't think anyone needs to die, but you can have riots where people don't die. So in a better world, that would have been better. I don't know. I don't know about those deaths besides the one you mentioned. I guess my point is that, um, so here's where a riot comes in. There are some issues where the only two wings of our government, and they really are two peas in, the, in much of the same pod on a lot of economic and structural issues, the Democratic and the Republican parties are both very pro-police. That's just, when you get people in power especially, and the police unions have a ton of power, they're both very pro-prison and industrial complex. They're both very pro-military. And so um, people, like, I fucking, it's so frustrating when people, like, the answer is like, don't do all this destructive stuff and don't be so combative. Just go out and vote. It's like, no, that's how you're deflecting people's genuine passion into something that's not going to have the impact that they want to see. Right. I agree with you. And I'm not, and I'm not positing the idea that riots don't do anything. What I'm saying mm -hmm. is 17 people have died Mm -hmm. as far as five, six days ago when the article came out and it wasn't, is that nationwide? And it wasn't, no, it wasn't. Yeah. Nationwide. And it wasn't truth dot, biz <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> i love patriots dot you know fucking edu um it, uh people have died because of it right now i have more to say on that uh but i do want to get to my other points i think let me see if i want to get to my oh yeah i, I did say it earlier i'm not saying it's all about personal responsibility because we all have help uh but i mm-hmm. am saying if your friends around you and the 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 male or, or female, whatever, if the influences around you are saying, man, they're only paying you seven fi- fucking 50 an hour, fuck that shit, you deserve mm-hmm. better, blah, 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 then you're going to believe that. Especially when, again, culture, the culture of the homies around you are saying, are making a shit ton of money selling bullshit, right? Um, now, um, oh, inflation. Yes, mm-hmm. I do agree that inflation has happened. But the majority, I would, I would, I mean, the majority of these guys who are, let's not say all, but no one is expecting someone who works at McDonald's to have their own studio apartment. But they should be able to, uh, like, if they get sick, they should not have to fucking go into enormous debt. They should be able to share sure. with, with now, one or two why? other people. Absolutely, and, but you know, why be able to afford do those men food? Right, but why do those men and men and women or whoever? Why do those people not live in a studio apartment or even rent a room on the majority? Is because they are probably already still living with their parents. If they're seventeen, we're talking about we're talking about people who are between the ages of fourteen. Okay, thirteen mm-hmm. is when the crime really starts to ramp up. We're talking about people between the ages of thirteen and mid twenties. Okay. Those mm-hmm. are if we could if we could really talk about the personal responsibility and what's making the fulcrum, right? The fulcrum between I'm gonna f- do some dr- some fucking crime shit and I'm not. That's the age bracket. Those age brackets, no, none of them are living on their own and just like oh I'm so late on rent. You already live with a cousin, a mom, a dad. Come on, let's be fucking real. Yeah. Okay, well, I think a lot of the pain in society. So there's a lot of corruptions that are not just government governmental corruption. And for example, 
education is very corrupt and higher education is very corrupt. And one of the things that, that I see when I think about your, your situation there is that, um, so people get funneled into the idea that they have to go to a four year college and get a bachelor's. And in this country, um, so there is so much that pushes people to do that. And, and I think that a lot of those people end up having a great education and, you know, can, can, uh, sure. not have to turn to a dumbass podcast to, to learn about shit. <laughs> that, if anyone's that, listening you know, to you or I trying to learn right. about it, they got a problem. <laughs> <clears throat> right. But, um, then gosh, when you get those you get people who come out of those, that four year degree, even if something, if it's in something like mathematics or maybe not engineering, cause that is pretty often lucrative, but you know, not the most liberal artsy fucking English or history things. People really do like our education system is not very tethered to gainful employment. You know, you'd probably agree okay. with that. Um, and yes, so but I don't know so why you're going that, down this road when you're bringing up education. When I was talking about somebody as an example, work living with their parents, right. Working at McDonald's. Uh huh. Well, you said seventeen to twenty-five, and I'm thinking about how shitty it is for people who then come out of like a situation where they did everything that they were kind of coached to do by their teachers in their community. Turns out you still have to. Maybe not. It's not McDonald's, but it's Chipotle. Or okay, or so you're talking about after college. I'm talking yeah. about. I'm talking about before college. A lot but of those guys about lack the, the opportunity wage. to even go. Who lack the opportunity or the drive or even the vision to go to a school? I'm talking about dudes who are not even or or females who are Fair. not even trying to go to school. But the wage should be something higher, something the where to where if you have student at the very debt start or, or anything else, yeah, seven twenty five doesn't get you anywhere, man. And unless you live right. in Utah, or but West in six Virginia. months, in six months you get eight. Mm, I mean, sh- and not just not just but, do you get. Not just do no, you get you eight. Don't. Not just do you get okay. Let's let's talk about. I mean, even and more. then eight is not enough because there's no, not it's enough. not absolutely yeah. it's not. But again, uh-huh. where's the fall? Where's the where's the line? Where's the okay. finish line? Where's the finish line? About- I'm not saying that someone can uh, support themselves at fucking eight at six months into a job. Okay, mm-hmm. but there's more spiritual benefit, not just financial benefit and whatever. But you're telling them, you're showing a motherfucker, you're showing up at, on time, you're showing up to the job, you're reliable. There is something to that, you know what I mean? But like there are people many... who I know who still work at that fucking Starbucks, okay, and they're managers making good fucking buku bucks, okay. Even though my stupid ass was too irresponsible to grow the fuck up and get to work on time. There's just too many employers that aren't that have no. I mean, yeah, some people will maybe have a good ladder system where you can climb up and actually make some better wages with with real commitment. But there's there's a lot of places where people get funneled into dead end jobs. It's like the 500 beans and the 300 jar thing, like I said. Okay, maybe. And so people yeah, are okay. going to be so disillusioned uh, by how they cannot accumulate wealth, like they cannot save up money, um, right. or or at least let's say to do so they have to work two jobs and it's backbreaking and they can't have a kid because is too much, you know. So th- then, if you have a healthcare issue or you want to uh, invest uh, money in education and it doesn't end up going very well, you just get a lot of people who are really fucking hurting in a country that that is the b- wealthiest country in the history of the world. So, I mean, that's that's where a lot of my generation feels is fucking disillusioned and not doesn't feel right. like we're a part of anything. I, totally. I mean, a minimum wage is one one thing, but we need we need all of those issues that I talked about to be ameliorated. 
I want to talk I about music I look at, at some my point experience too. And I and I know I know that I when I look at my experience, I'll let you have the last word on this topic. Go 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 in and then we'll talk. Oh, I I'll didn't know something. Okay, else. I didn't. You want to move on to another one? Yeah, eventually. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I think we're a, 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 an hour and twelve minutes in. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we are. <laughs> maybe we and should. And I didn't maybe even ask you for your controversial opinion because it was all controversial right off the gate. So I didn't you're even welcome, ask boys you for that. and girls. I love you. <laughs> and if you're white and you disagree with me, remember you're racist. Um, now, uh, as far as <laughs> as far as the disillusionment, I will make this point. I look at my. It goes to that spiritual thing we were talking about, or mental, or emotional, or whatever the fuck. The non-tangible thing we were talking about. That your perception, I know you can look at your personal experience, even being, you know, what, 23, not you're not 23 anymore, whatever. 26. You're in your 20s, 26. You can look at your personal experience and remember a time where you absolutely believed something to be true that turned out later to not be. Yeah. Okay. Why, especially if the stakes are as high as 17 people dying or looting in the streets or whatever, why does perception get automatically blindly followed because the person has black skin? You're talking about disillusionment. This is what I'm talking about. You're talking about disillusionment. That is a a false boogeyman. It's not a false boogeyman. This is what I'm saying. How much of the disillusionment Okay, comes from reality, and how much of it comes from from their perception of the of them of what's going on around them, of their culture surrounding them, of their culture on TV, of the culture on social media, like you're talking about, of the culture of like they were talking about this shit in the '80s when what's his face uh, lifestyles of the rich and famous. They're saying lifestyles of the rich and famous, and they're broke as fuck, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not saying one didn't cause the other. I'm not saying even that what you're saying of what caused it is wrong, but at a certain point. It doesn't matter what caused it. We should address what caused it. But at a certain point, we still need motherfuckers, strong ass motherfuckers who have experienced tackling a motherfucker who is covered in shit in the tenderloin at 3 a.m. in the morning. We need somebody who, who's coughing and spitting up hepatitis and possibly corona and all kinds of shit. We need somebody to do that. Right. We need a strong ass motherfucker. And it doesn't matter how much hugging we can do more in the community. Human insanity. Life finds a way like Michael Crichton wrote in fucking Jurassic Park. Okay, life finds a way. Dirty, dark, filthy fucking humanity. Okay, quoting Jeff Goldblum. And you should have done it way earlier, man, because my best friend Brian tuned out by now. He loves (laughs) Jeff Goldblum. (laughs) Right. But Crichton did. Crichton did. Crichton. I love Crichton, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. But. But that's what I'm saying is dirty, dark, filthy, fucking evil, heart eating humanity finds a way. It always does. And and just because someone is white or black shouldn't make a difference on whether or not we hold them accountable for being selfish. Like the, the Mexican woman a few weeks ago or a few uh, a week ago. You heard me talk about this. Yeah. She beheaded her child, her five year old daughter. OK, that wasn't racially motivated. Uh, fucking uh, uh, the guy, the the guy at uh, who was it? A family dollar store, the security guard who was shot in the back of the head because he told uh, by another black guy, two black guys, one one victim, one murderer. Um, and the because vic- he, yeah, right. Yeah. Because the in mask. Flint, Michigan. Right. Because of a fucking mask. OK, now that wasn't racially motivated. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
Like this is this I is complicated what you're saying, shit. But it's it's so complicated. But you're you you're trying to you said something about how people who are uh, people of color are not being held accountable. That is not borne out by the prison <laughs> prison and the charging and the legal system and the courts. I mean, mm. those people those people no, are absolutely getting saying, held accountable much more for the same for the same mm, crimes. Okay, oh well, come we can on. Talk about that. Uh, but there's a reason for it. There's a reason for it. There's a re- that's what I'm saying is that racial this is what bias I'm the point that I'm making racial bias I mean okay You're saying so, so 53% so 53% of the murder is by a black person and there are 13% of the population even if half of those guys were just racist cops it still would be way higher than it should be come on what I was regardless of about how it started, was, regardless was of how it started, about let's was, stop the bleeding. Mm-hmm. No? Personal fucking responsibility. Stop killing people. Sure. If we made that a part of everyday person's life, if we made that a part of kids' lives, you and I didn't grow up in a, in a, in a world where there were, well, you're younger than me by a little bit, but you and I didn't grow up in a world where there were uh, 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 Oh, my fucking recorder stopped because of the batteries. Oh, no. You might have to cut in through here, the audio. But all I'm saying is it needs to be a part of the conversation. And you're right. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that uh, um, blacks are getting away with more murder or whatever. But what I am saying is that culturally, especially because of white motherfuckers' guilt, we're acting like we're acting like the problem is a lot bigger than it is and because of that because of that frantic fear that black people have that they shouldn't have and because of that i'm going to protect these black people who i don't fucking know because these white motherfuckers don't know no motherfucking black people except for the three that they follow on instagram because of both of those are coming to create this perfect storm of 17 people dying as a result of the riots, even though only nine black people were murdered in 2019 who were unarmed by cops. Nine. And five of those attacked the fucking cop first. I'm talking about medicine and diagnosis. I would agree with the medicine if the diagnosis was correct. So people will often like to point out that uh, there there are more white people who are killed by police than black people. But I'm not talking the, about more. I know, I know, but unarmed. I'm saying dis. It still disproportionately affects that community, and it happens time and time again. It's about ten um, percent. Yes, you're right. I'm talking unarmed in 2019. Let's just specifically talk about unarmed in 2019. 15 percent mm-hmm. more. Should that mm-hmm. be? Should would you be happy if so, that was down to thirteen so percent? I'm Instead not black, but my my perception is that truly, I I um, if I grew up in a society where I was an African American and I had to fear the police and be stopped on so many occasions where I was doing absolutely nothing wrong, um, and that I had to, and I had genuinely had to watch all of these stories of people being killed on these different occasions, um. Man, I am not saying that that uh, I just don't even feel like I can tell a person not to attack the police. I really don't feel like I can say that because it's, uh, you know, I have a friend who texted me the other day and said, you know, you know, I really agree. Tamir Rice was murdered and it was awful. Freddie Gray was murdered and it was awful. George Floyd was murdered and it was awful. But Michael Brown, he my this is my one of my few uh, close friends who is in Eugene and is very, is conservative. He was like, Michael Brown's shooting was justified. And we kind of had a disagreement about that. Um, but 
man, this is a this is a crazy tenet of uh you know police modern u.s policing descended from slave catchers man so it's it's i don't know what i would what i can say to a person when uh they are pulled over and they're treated uh in a dehumanizing way police have dehumanized me man and it's fucking and it's no fun and i would understand people who are getting upset about it um but, but i would understand getting upset as well but somewhere along the line even if you were molested, you're not allowed to molest people. This is what I'm saying. Personal responsibility. It's not the same to attack a cop. I'm not saying a, it is. Who is. I never said it was. I never said it was. I'm sorry. Let me let me let me clarify what I'm saying. I am not conflating molesting with murder. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying it's the same. I'm saying the the personal responsibility angle. Most mm. most molesters have been molested before, right? But at a certain point, there's there's a there's a little fulcrum between explanation and excuse, mm-hmm. and we decide whether that person is well. Yeah, that that's an explanation for them doing what they did, and that's an excuse, right? Okay. Especially if these seventeen people who died did not deserve to, they weren't Derek Chauvin. I will ultimately agree with you that at some point that loop needs to be intervened with. Um, but I'm, I'm a little doubtful that, that the, frankly, the tone and the attitude that you're conveying and the things that you're saying are really doing an effective job of that as a, basically a non-black person just trying to stir up the idea that that's what I'm saying, man. I don't like, like, are you really Wait helping? a second. Now you're saying my tone. Oh yeah. I was, I was angry about, I was angry about white people. I was angry about white motherfuckers. I yeah. get passionate all the time. I know, you you know that. I know, but so, okay. We, what we would probably agree with is that there are a lot of unfortunate circumstances that prevent the left and the right from talking to each other as much as I would like them to. And you would probably like them to, but we got to find those solutions. And for me, it's like, if one side, yes, they're bringing up this personal responsibility argument, but they don't seem to be proposing a lot of tangible solutions uh, like that no, the no, government no, no, no. could do right. or Continue that people could point. do. Sorry. And the and people on the left are continually at least trying to fight for like bare minimum baseline, like, like anti-poverty initiatives and housing initiatives and fucking public health being affordable, Medicare for all, like fucking uh, an, another thing that affects uh, African-American communities way disproportionately is climate change and uh being having to live in in places that are uh much more polluted or that people are going to uh develop through your community and fucks up your community um so that's where to me it's like a little bit odd to be like okay it's just so easy to like it sounds kind of like you're blaming them man and you're blaming that community i never said right i agree with you i would agree with you if that's what i was saying i'm not some motherfucker i'm very careful with my words as far as my posts and things like that i'm very careful on here you and i can be flippant but me Mm -hmm. saying that person where does personal responsibility come in does not say that personal responsibility is all i did say that what 10 minutes ago and i'll repeat it again Mm -hmm. i'm not saying personal responsibility is all of it nor nor is it Mm -hmm. as simple as me saying that the cops don't need to change I do think mm-hmm. cops need to change. I do think body cams make a big fucking difference. I do think that George Floyd died because that cop was being a fucking asshole piece of shit, an abusive person, okay? Mm. But what I am saying is that both things, both 
can both both things need to move us forward both the cops and reform as well as culturally the more important piece is to have that conversation about personal responsibility okay i'm not saying mm -hmm. it's not that simple i put and i'll and i'll and i'll i really gotta piss so i think we should wrap up know, pretty soon okay but this is the overton window wait, 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 let me let me finish this last point i swear to god i don't edit the show so if you piss you can get up and i will keep talking and then you, <laughs> you can come back i am you ardent say, about it you just say fuck this bald motherfucker for like three minutes all right <laughs> this is this is this is what i'm and this is i think you and i are both guilty of it and i think i could be wrong but i think right there was a great example of it when you were talking about why i wasn't or what i'm what i'm saying i wasn't saying personal responsibility is everything nor was i saying that cops don't need to change okay nor am i saying that community outreach and, and social won't help that's not what i'm saying okay so i am partially i'm i'm straddling both things and both things can be true at once but I think because I'm having a conversation about this personal responsibility idea that I'm that the idea comes into maybe your head, just like the idea comes into my head when someone says defund the police, they're a fucking da 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 snow idiot snowflake. No, it's not that simple. And I'll say a perfect example of this. Earlier someone posted something that said, if all lives matter, this it's a little dumb Facebook non meme meme. It said, if all lives matter, then why aren't you wearing a mask? Now, it's a funny, I get it. It's a kind of colloquial, whatever. But let's look yeah, at Yeah, because the all lives matter people wrong. never support lives in so many other situations. It's exactly. just. Exactly. This is not simple. This, that little phrase is essentially set up either because they're evil or because they're dumb. They, set, they wrote that thinking that all people who say all lives matter don't agree with wearing a mask what do you know how many people want you to wear a mask but don't think all lives matter and all lives matter that don't think you should wear a mask or do think you should wear a mask? this is complicated motherfucking shit there's another meme someone posted you're splitting that said, hairs though it's a very real demographic not, of people it's not it's a real demographic a of people example. that are all i am a matter. perfect example I am a perfect example of shit is in the middle. Shit is complicated. Humans, when you sit them down, I have had every it's a meme. You're shouting at me over a meme, dude. The I'm, meme I, is no, still targeting. No, this is why then, I'm not then shouting be happy at you. That you're I'm not, not part shouting of, at you. Then be happy that you're not part of the people that that meme is targeting. But there are still hundreds of thousands of Americans. That meme is are, making who, people mad for no reason. It's ta it's talking about a very real issue. The reopen people who get it's in the faces of people who cops are on and the left. Michigan and threaten people no. with guns and listen to what I'm saying. It's making people who are on the left think that this is the diagnosis of the problem when it's not. It's oversimplifying so that they can get likes. Yeah, I mean, there's there's an element of that too. That's but, separating uh, us, not bringing <laughs> us together. That's part of the problem, not the solution. That's why I'm getting animus. And it's not at you. It's not at you. It's it, not at you. I love you. I mean, and there I are problems that need to be called out. Yeah, I love you too. But, <laughs> this, but this, this shit of like, why don't you all let... Like, it is not that easy. Well, the it's, all lives matter argument pens. sucks. They're the all lives matter argument has always sucked. I'm not it, saying that it doesn't. Because and it's worth calling out. It's worth making fun Absolutely. of. Absolutely. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's just but meant again, to prop up... The I'm not saying that it doesn't. 
I'm not saying that it doesn't. I'm saying I agree with you. I'm saying putting that and equating, then why don't you wear a mask, is telling the people who are liberal who follow that person, or that it's their company, really. It's called the New Majority of Florida. And I have more mm. to look into what they're fucking talking about. But a company makes that so that they will get clicks, so that liberal who's, who follow them share, see, see, idiots. That's not fucking helping. You're conflating all lives matter people, which is not, I mean, you're, you're essentially, do you understand what I'm saying? It's separating no, us. I've seen some of these sources like uh, Occupy Democrats and the other 98%, and they make like su- super gimmicky fucking weak ass uh, memes that are meant to them. make money. Yeah. If it makes you feel better, I'm just as mad at them. If you want to take a pee, I'll erase all of your anti-woke shit with uh, a Beyonce <laughs> song. Please. <laughs> All and right. then let's go like Come back. let's go like ten more minutes about dick jokes or something because then I gotta fucking eat. And <laughs> okay, I'll also you know wanna I'll tell you know my what? audience my response to your body cam thing and your reform thing because I'm way more <laughs> in the camp that body cams are just a tiny little piece <laughs> and uh, reform is I'm also not saying important. it's not a tiny piece, mm-hmm. but it does help. Yeah, it also routes more money towards police budgets, and uh, it doesn't okay. actually put a camera on the cops that are uh, that are able to do things, and it holds people uh, who are. Uh, you know, it ends up being right, used as it, evidence it, against again, people who are perpetrators. As, true, but the problem is not as it's not as horrendous as we're making it out to be. Go take your pee. I actually know guilty black people, Thomas. I know them. I sure. personally know them, and I, they did murder. I know a guy who was. Okay, and he mm-hmm. slit multiple throats when he was. Yeah, yeah. You're saying that's, opportunity that's will rough. fix that? You're saying right, but you're saying that well, I can understand. Why are you bringing up that he's black if, if there's no? Uh, I yeah, opportunity for, for the tiny amount of what I know about this person. Yes, I think there a certain level of opportunity. If we had equal opportunity in this country that we always like to talk about, that may very well not have happened. But you know the guy, and I don't. So. I just, why are you bringing up that, he, that he's black? I'm, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying to prove that humanity is, that this is a complicated issue and to put it in, to put it in simple terms, like right, bad, right, idiot, right is, uh, they all believe all lives matter. They all are mad at Colin Kaepernick. No, the fuck they're not. I actually follow these cunts. Everybody on everybody's side. That's I why follow I follow, a lot that's of why motherfuckers I... and they're not saying all lives matter. Almost none of them are saying, none of them, number one, are saying George Floyd died for good fucking reason. They all say that Derek Chauvin was being a fucking piece of shit, okay? Mm-hmm. Number mm-hmm. two, none of them are saying that, that change doesn't need to happen. None of them are saying that all lives matter from what I follow. I don't follow some dumb little fucking Karen who's 50 years old living in Kentucky. She's the one saying all lives matter. Fuck that douchebag. And, I'll, I'll, and there's, it's, we're on each other's fucking side, goddammit. Go and play your song. Thank you. I don't know, man. It's like the extent to which I'm on the side of somebody who is continually like, it seems like just throwing the personal responsibility argument out there is a good way to distract from the structural realities that uh, perpetuate oppression and inequality that continue to do so. And they will always continue to do so. But I brought up to Pete before we started this uh, and people on the audio know that he's not here. I'm just talking to the mic now. Um, 
is uh, I told him like if you say something that's like super offensive, I'm just gonna cancel it out with a Beyonce song because Beyonce is seen by many to be like the the queen of all wokesters. So. Mostly white people. Remember those walls I built? Baby, they're tumbling down. They didn't even put up a fight. They didn't even make a sound. Found a way to let you in, but I never really had a doubt. Standing in the light of your halo, got my angel now. It's like I've been awakened Every rule I had to break it It's the risk that I'm taking I ain't never gonna shut you out Oops, everywhere I'm looking Oh, you're back now, so Thank you <laughs> Wow, okay I'm sorry for getting I'm sorry you're for getting musician. emotional I'm well, sorry I, for getting emotional I love I, you very much no, I just I, want us to connect, that's all I'm just accepting that some people who thought that I'm like really hardcore left and I am on some issues because that's being a human being and some things deserve to be really hardcore, I think, uh, are going to be like, wow, you're friends with this person and they're going to judge me based on that. But I should try to get over that a little bit because I think that my relationship with you is justified, even though, wow, man, like, yeah, like there's some things that are just like, it's not even, it's not even just like a strong disagreement. It's like, I feel like. I'm almost hitting a wall where it's you're you're so intensely fixated on like personal responsibility and it's like that isn't doing a lot to well it's not doing a lot to fix the structural issues at play. It saved Let's my life. Up. It saved my life and I don't know why it wouldn't save a black person's life. And what bothers me is the white people. Well, what you're bothers not me black. Is the, are the white people. It doesn't <laughs> it doesn't matter. A... It doesn't matter. There I had a black guy on my show Alex Conley a few weeks ago who said the who's saying the exact same things I'm saying now. Again, true, true. Identity second, idea first. Mm. Yeah, I like that episode you did with Alex. Um, and is he the gentleman who was in Detroit? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, he's a cool, cool fella. Uh, I hope he watches this, but he probably won't because <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Uh, let's talk about your album, man. I really love your album. <laughs> and, it's almost, and a, it's almost a year old. I know, but my shit is six years old, and that's why I'm working on a new project. But it's actually all about this uh, these uprisings. <laughs> are you gonna so sing gonna, or are you gonna rap? It's a both? rap project. It's a rap okay. project. Okay. But there'll be some sung hooks. Um, but uh, it'll be interesting. I think it's gonna have a flavor to it that's kind of demo esque because I'm just recording it and trying to put it out in my own, like do it all myself. And it's uh, been I don't, six years. It's been six years. Do you since know I put how much album. you've changed? Like how anyone can change over the course of a year, and that was the last. No, you put out something newer than that, maybe in a single. Format. Not a project. Not a pro. Not not no a project. No music. No music. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's a little one-off videos and and occasional tracks, but not even a track on Spotify, just like, you know, a little Instagram track or something. So, but um, I love your album and gosh, anybody who, no, I don't don't want, I was going to diss you. It's rude. Uh, I think you're, (laughs) I think, I think that you've come off really well on, on episodes of your show. I think that our previous conversations have been really cool and I do like a lot of this conversation, but I think, uh, you know, having it in person would have, would have made a big difference and the shitty audio quality on your end now is pissing me off. I apologize. I didn't put new batteries in my shit and I, I don't know. It's too late now in the episode for me to go. (laughs) <laughs> or I guess I could I could go grab some 
batteries if you want. I think I have some in this kitchen. I know I have some in the kitchen. Uh, no, let's just keep rolling, okay. honestly. Um, and it makes it more of an issue when I talk about it. Hey, listeners, don't you hate how shitty he sounds? That's just sound good. Um, just like the album is fucking amazing, man. And and it, to me, it came out of a place of you didn't have any any albums put out before, but you had a long history of playing acoustic songs, writing music, and making uh, videos on YouTube and things like that. Um, yes, covers and you do a lot of busking um so yeah what was the process of the album like and how do you feel now that it's a year old um so the oldest song on it is actually from 2012 i think mm. so it's been all that's i mean you know yes i recorded it last year but it's also not a good representation if you want to you know say it of who I am now, right? Everything influences, mm -hmm. right? And imagine like for you, six years without being able to utilize the influence that you have now, you know, in a, in a musical format, um, or maybe, you know, besides collabs or whatever, it, to, to a great effect, to a better, more authentic effect to represent you, right? So mm -hmm. when I listen to that album, I love a lot of it, but a lot of it I'm also, I don't know. Uh, so like I said, or like I was going to say, the um, the oldest song is from 2011, 2012. Which one? The newest one, uh, Simple Girl. I love that song. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. The good lead, um, good, good opening. Yeah, it's a great, yeah, it's a, it's, yeah. I love Kyle Caprista, by the way. Uh, another guy who I, I know I for sure, you know, disagree with a lot of um, things he thinks or whatever. Um, amazing drummer amazing drummer and such a fucking peach of a guy if you're nice. in the bay area and you need a drummer kyle caprista he's amazing uh he beat the hell out of that song and 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 i love i love assassins i love musical assassins when i got to when when he came in he came in i think i think we in one day we did simple girl haters That's and maybe meat song drums we put drum tracks down for for those three songs in one day probably like six hours tops five six hours because he would just come in and i said here's how i wanted to sound blah 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 and he'd just be taking notes uh-huh mm -hmm. oh can you also do the you know you know he'll he'll take a he'd take a finish a take and i'd be like hit, hit the button you know do you mind uh pulling, putting a little roll on the end of that third that third there and he's like yeah yeah i got it and he's just okay and i'm like you don't need to like zen yourself what you don't a need pro. to uh, Fucking assassin. Um, I got to actually sing for the first time. I got to perform on Wednesday or Tuesday. Nice. Where at? First time in three and a half months. At this, um, it was actually for a wedding band showcase um, for potential, you know, uh, couples uh, to hire oh. me in this wedding band. And it was so good. It was so much fun to just, I mean, my voice was shot in the first song. In the first song, my, my voice was done. Because wow. um, it's been three months or whatever. But it, it really, yeah. it was such a beautiful such a beautiful experience so i think yeah, people, but, um, don't, people who aren't performing uh, who aren't vocalists on stage don't realize how well worked in you have to be to it to to ha do be able to do your set at like you know peak performance um mm -hmm. because i think that like literally you know whether you have stage fright or not which i don't think you experience very much or you don't seem to there's still a, a every an time energy right okay there's still that that collective nervousness that really it does something to your your chest 
You know, it makes it so that like if I was just singing my whole song, you know, my whole set, 30 minute rap set that has some singing in it too, like I would be able to pull it off here. No problem. And you, you get in front of even a small audience. It makes a big difference. Um, or in the studio and the studio is pretty bad too. From my yeah. Experience. Yeah. Going in like, okay, this is going to be the take. This is going to be the take. Don't fuck it up, Pete. <laughs> you yep. know? I have to, yeah. we were talking about how, how I'm doing and I've been practicing a lot more self-care, a lot more meditation, a lot more. It's been helping me out so fucking much internally. Um, to just Where in the city are you now? Let go. Hell's, Hell's Kitchen. Kitchen still? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. That's a, that's, that's for people who don't know that's Manhattan and it's, it's mm-hmm. pretty, pretty close to the center. I mean, it's a little bit West of kind of like the Times Square area. Um, you and right, I met up for little... coffee not far from here. I think I'm on 47th and, um, or no, well, yeah. When we recorded that episode, when I was in New York last, yeah. last year or the year before. That's true. Yeah, man. Well, I, my, my feeling about New York too, is like, um, the idea of fresh air is just very different <laughs> because the air quality is so bad compared to like Eugene, Oregon, for example. Mm. Um, but then like, if you want to just step out and get some fresh air, it's not going to taste or smell as good. And like, you have to have that constant like anxiety of people around and like, you know, whether, no matter where you are, it's just, it's, it's, uh, it's certainly different than being in fucking residential suburban Eugene walking your dog. So would you ever come back? I think there's a great chance I would come back. I actually didn't finish my master's degree at Columbia. So, uh, oh. yeah, I might be able to um, renew my scholarship uh, and uh, come back and, and finish that if I want to. But honestly, a lot of it was teaching kind of bummed me out as a profession. Um, but, but, do wait, 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 wait. Are you not, are you not going to keep pursuing teaching? I don't know, man. I do not know. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in a place in my life where I literally don't have a good answer for that question, but I'm okay. doing things that I love and that are important to me, and this podcast is one of them. Um, okay. And yeah, dude, but but I I really like your album. One of the things I love about your album too is that. Um, so I've noticed people having very different responses to like what their favorite song is, because I mm-hmm. think any one of those nine tracks is there's not a you know filler cut on there man they all are ambitious they all have Thanks a great sir. melody they're in great instrumentation and um so like i it took me a couple listens to like mary ate my sandwich but i see some people saying that's like their favorite song oh, yeah yeah no i'm, I'm it needs it'd be so random that someone just sends me a message who was it nico actually the guy have you heard the nico episode the the black and filipino guy who was on um most recently after alex after alex yes i listened to about 60 percent of it which is still uh, almost an hour he sent, yeah he sent me an email um uh and at the very end like he was like hey i've been on the show before uh just listened to the alex episode loved it i'd love to have a combo if you're down and also uh, uh, what did he say? Screw that bitch, Mary, or something like that. <laughs> he was like, "I know she ate your sandwich." I'm like, "Wow!" Randomly, you know. So I don't know. That's a weird. That's actually the newest song on the album that I wrote maybe a month before we recorded it, two or three weeks before we recorded it. Nice. Well, yeah. I think one of the reasons that I'm drawn to your music is that um, it. I mean, that is one of the clearest examples of humor incorporated. That's why you've got haters. It's also humor incorporated. Um, and I grew up loving Tenacious D and Jack Black was actually such an idol of mine. You sent this in the email. Yeah. You sent it in the email. I just know what you're going to do. Exactly. 
and uh, I just feel like there's. So, I feel like I don't know if I can explicitly say that he was a direct influence on the way that you do your music, but at least I feel like if you become very popular, people will continue to compare uh, that, and like Spotify right. will overlap and try to fucking pull your listeners to Tenacious D and stuff. Um, right. Is there uh, any? Yeah, that, is any of that real? Yeah. From the beginning, people have people have said it. I I, I liked some of his stuff. I like some of Tenacious D, but he's never, he was never like a, this is exactly carbon, you know, uh, no, it wasn't, it wasn't my intention. I think mostly I get my facial performance styles or my voice, whatever. I think mostly from like um, energy wise, maybe like Chris Farley, Jim Carrey, um, you know, I grew because I grew up with Dumb and Dumber and the Mask. You know what I mean? Right. Like I grew up with Ace fucking Ventura. You know what I mean? I grew up with <laughs> with uh, uh, Black Sheep and Tommy Boy. You know what I mean? Like I, 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 that was my you know. And then also, um, and then also the. Can voice I ask what of, your age is? Thirty something. Thirty three. Okay. Oh, you're only seven years older than me. Wow, right on. Yeah. Um, and uh, and um, you know, but there's a lot of. Uh, what was it? Mike Patton. You ever heard of Mike Patton from yeah. uh, faith? No more faith. No more. Mr. Bungle was really Mr. where Bungle I, also. I've, I've listened to maybe like two faith. No more tracks. I, I just, nah. I, uh, love I, that I, I like, I like, we care a lot, but it doesn't, you know, um, that's before no, Mike Mr. joined Bungle. the group, right? Cause the, the, the faith no more had two very distinctly different singers. I think maybe Mike Patton is the, we, the, we care a lot singer or the one who came after. Very different. We care a lot. I, I can like, barely hear it sounds Mike like Patton this on. and this. It says fucking delivery. Right. And then uh, no, the he, other guy is like, talking to man. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. Epic that's is Mike Patton. Patton. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. On and off. So I but think I get a little bit of that. Have it. Yeah. Right. I, get, I think I get a little bit of, of his voice, a little bit of Beck, a little bit of Bjork, a little bit of Frank Zappa. I think I'm just, um, and then really I've, I've created certainly a, a, a version of my own, you know, but it's when I do get locked into, I mean, I think that's part of the reason why I blew my voice out on Tuesday is mm. because I've sung Hey Ya so many times by myself with a guitar as the final song after a two hour, three hour uh, gig singing yeah. the entire time, playing guitar the entire time, two to two to five times a month. And using Hey Ya essentially as as the closer because I don't have anything else, no other energy. Let me just completely zap myself. Bo 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 energy 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 and hold out a belted note because fuck you. And then at the very end, uh, and then I just collapse and people you know do the James Brown cape over me. Um, that when I went into sing Hey Ya with the band for the first time, I've never sung it with a band before. Mm. On Tuesday, um, I had all that same pent-up energy of not performing for three months okay right. and even before then by the way i haven't really per- i've per- i think i'd performed two other times since since leaving california in october mm-hmm. you know i'm not practiced anyway i brought that same energy and that same like blah, 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 so that i i you know because i was used to it doing carrying the entire thing when you know with a band i didn't have to carry the, the whole thing right on um have you busked in the subways at all because when I was in there, when I was in the city, no, not, not yet. I actually felt like I was making, like, on a good day, I would make $10 in an hour, which I felt like was okay. 
You yeah, know, that, yeah, that's that's worth I mean, doing for something I love. And you can't play in your apartment, you know, at least at full volume, pro- probably. Um, yeah. Depends. Uh, that's yeah, where I, I mean, was in student housing. So, right. Oh, you were. Yeah, here yeah. I could play full volume. Um, but no, I mean, I was living on Long Island for you know six months. True. Five six months, and then when I finally moved into this place in Hell's Kitchen, the day afterwards the the entire state got on fucking lockdown so mm. you know and i didn't have a job it was like uh oh what the hell am i gonna do so you know no more busking since then you know but um yeah. you know i i might i think i might but i think with with i'm in school and uh, uh, uh getting my bachelor's of science in audio production and nice. um and then also as soon as things start opening up more doing a bunch of you know cover band gigs and solo gigs with my guitar and you know, uh, auditioning for Broadway stuff and doing open mics, comedy open mics. So, yeah, and then continuing to do the podcast. Right on. Um, do you have any episodes of the podcast? Like, Benjo would probably be a decent one, I think, for my audience. But, um, like, uh, other episodes that you think would be good for people yeah. who don't want to feel like... Because... Like, some of your shit, man. It's like if you have a, if you have some, I don't know, man. Some of it's just offensive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Not, that's no, not that's not that's not inherently like evil to be offensive, no. but some of no. it is offensive as hell, and I I don't want to sure. co-sign that. <laughs> define define because I think I can think of a couple that we really don't. I mean, the last one that just I, that I just posted this week, we don't mention politics and the entire thing. It is a little sexually suggestive. BDSM. <laughs> yeah, but not not detailed it's not okay. detailed i've gone into some fucking detail on my show trust mm. and believe especially yeah. when the females when i like the females just can the be prequel. anonymous yeah she's a good yes. girl mm-hmm. yes the, or, or, or early the, on you literally had people call a girl called the good girl who was anonymous yeah 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 yeah, yeah. um but um but the last episode is uh daddy ray tilton mm-hmm. who's a legend uh, in the LGBT community in San Francisco, especially for the last 30 plus years, almost 40 years, um, mm-hmm. a survivor of AIDS back in literally 1985, like he's an OG, um, you know, uh, part of the first kind of wave of it almost. Um, and so, you know, I remember, I mean, a part of the story he said on the last, on the, on the episode is he was, I think it was an 82, 83. He's sick. He doesn't know what it is. He says, and he's in Kansas, and he says, oh, man, I think I have AIDS because a bunch of his friends, he's, in, he's gay, and a bunch of his friends, he saw the dying, like, you know, dropping like flies, and he says, right. I, I think I might have AIDS. And his doctor in Kansas in 1983, 84, said, what's AIDS? <laughs> so, so, you know, I mean, he's been a, a, a tireless activist. And, yes, you know, yeah. we talk about some leather stuff. We talk about some gay domination. We talk about subs and all that type of stuff. But it's not, like graphic necessarily i don't think oh. anyway um but yeah that's a beautiful conversation uh, that's probably one of my favorite episodes because he's just cool he's got such a big heart and it's so sweet and he's just i love the man to death um it's got a deep voice i've only listened to the first yes, five minutes or so yet but usually i will listen to most uh it, mo- like a solid 70 percent of of all of your new episodes because i am a fan thank you sir so, thank you sir yeah I'll I'll say that this is these are the this is how how I like you in your different forms. I like you the most. I like you the most as a per- friend who hangs out with me in person occasionally. Yes. Then I like you as a musician. Then I like you as a podcaster. And then at the bottom, your social media posts, your online presence. <laughs> 
well, but, you know what? I will I will change my entire persona based on no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind that. I mean, right. I, I do try to be careful. I do. I try I try to, or at least I try to be methodical. I know that, you know, sometimes I you know, especially on my Instagram, I'm I'm a lot of sex yes. stuff. A lot yep. of sex stuff, especially. Yeah, it's but, true. Um, but I find it funny and I find it entertaining and you know, other people do, so right. yeah. Well, I want to let you make sure you get your food and, you know, Thank you. I, don't, I typically don't do the longest shows I've done have been with the conservative guests, which I think is interesting because we have a lot to you know say what? with one another. Let's be real, though. I'm not necessarily fucking. I mean, That's I've true. had my dick in like five or six men's mouths. You know, you can't necessarily mm-hmm. group me in with, you know. Um, you know, you're uh, just Milo Yiannopoulos. That's that's where you no, are. No, goddammit. <laughs> I'm I'm not him either. I know. I, that's, I the, know. that's the this this one person conservative. Yeah, man. I just I think we're all kind of in the middle. I you just know? in Even Eugene you. interviewing slash sitting down with absolutely sitting down with people who are running for office. I found that I was like. I would often chat with the people who are running the more left, like populist, like progressive campaign than the Democrat and the Democrat in Eugene, like the, the kind of established, like either they're in office already or they're just like have the backing of the local Democrats is already a pretty left person. So it's, Mm. it felt to me like, um, I didn't want people to get the impression part of why I wanted to get you on. Um, and I would have got you on a little earlier, but I felt it was important to prioritize, um, some black voices and I still have other people that I, I'm going to bring on to talk about things that are happening recently. Um, but I, it's because I didn't want people to think that I'm on, this is like a liberal show. It's not about me just saying, Hey, I'm with all these liberals and we're all talking about how to be smarter. Uh, and, and look how smart we are. It's like, it's like, I do not give a shit what a person's political identity is to, to a large extent. Um, I, I give a shit about their human characteristics. Um, and that's that very, ha- that is very yeah. problematic. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I love you. Continue your point. Love you sorry. too, man. So, uh, final question I always ask people is what's one way we could all be a little less stupid. I think the more we look inside ourselves and get to know ourselves, how this can be a couple sentences, right? It doesn't have to be like, okay. I think the more we look inward, I think the more we look inward and know ourselves, the more we understand humanity, both the dark side and the light side. And I think ultimately our real problem is fear and our real solution is love. And anything that goes against love, even if it's for the sake of you know, trying to whatever that, that we think is good intentioned, i.e. especially shutting down speech, comes from a place of fear, and it's unwarranted fear. And I think, um, you know, if you don't think that, I think both camps are, are right and both camps are necessary. I think both camps are necessary. If we had nothing but capitalism, people wouldn't get help. If we had nothing but help, we wouldn't innovate. You know what I mean? I think we need both teams. I, I think it's a yin and yang thing. And I think... You know, I think as long as we're not shutting down, you know, speech, I think that'll be okay. And that's the danger right now. But um, luckily for you, for, I mean, lucky that people have you and I, because we do shit like, you know, do this fucking podcast and blah, 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 blah. Also, lastly, 
guys, eat ass. Don't be, don't hold back. Don't be afraid of the ass, okay? It's right next to the pussy. Like, just, you know, it's clean. She's good. Just dig in there. It's fun. Anyway, that's all. I'm so glad that my podcast, I've always like tried to brand it as like, this is a very free speech friendly show. And then I have the most PC conversation ever. So, you know, you're giving me a little bit of dirty representation, even though it's just a fragment, just a fragment. I I, I know I'm on your show. I'm not running the show. I'm not going (laughs) to. Cool. It's great to be um, on the show. And I appreciate you, man. Absolutely. Well, check out uh, Peter Feliciano's album on Spotify and all the other streaming crap. It's literally just called Peter Feliciano. Got a bunch yes, of blood sir. coming out of his mouth because he was just eating ass, and it was, it was like, <laughs> just doing some biting. You horrible man! <laughs> actually, do uh, you know what that is? Actually, no. It's me biting my tongue. Ah, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. So so wise. And yeah, check out the podcast. Maybe uh, if you want conservative with Peter Feliciano. Do you want to plug anything else? No, that's all that's going on right now. Um, Yeah. I mean, I'm in, I'm on Instagram at Peter underscore Feliciano and I'm on TikTok like a little, like a little uh, uh, fucking millennial, even though, I mean, I am technically, but you know what I mean? Um, And then um, uh, yeah, no, that's it. I want to blow up on TikTok. I want to like make a real hit song and have it come up through TikTok. I think that's the. You only need to way. do. You need to floss. You need to do the floss dance. That's. This is not 2016. That's, oh, okay. <laughs> that was a while ago. <laughs> that's how. Yeah, that's how. Oh, I want to hit a whoa on my show. We almost hit two hours, and uh, there's like maybe the shit that comes up in your feed doesn't have all these dances, but this is the whoa, man. It's really simple. Oh, that was so bad. It's like, uh, it's like there's like people will just do the arm part, and that doesn't look good. You have to like do a little vibration part. So it's like, that's all it is. It's really bad. I'm I wish I could like edit a this out. Street fighter move. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like fucking Tura Tanaka or what's the Tanaka Baraka Baraka. Yeah. Didn't he have the? It looks really cool when done well. Combat. So do not watch that again, anybody. Take it easy, Pete. You better send me uh, this wave soon. You, All right. Yes, sir. Even though it's half the episode, I apologize, boy. All but, um, good. Yeah, I'll send it Smaller over. Smaller file. Much love. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Thomas. Bye. Bye, bye.